0: If you're watching this, you are alive, and um, COVID has not got you, and you haven't been killed by a family member after being uh, locked down. So well done, you're doing well. Uh, welcome again to any visitors. Uh, I guess some people have travelled, like Kenya. Hey, Kenya, um, cool to to have different ones here amongst us in a way, in a way. So bless you. And we're going to be talking, looking at two things today, really, at the same time. We're about, going to be talking about uh, loving the ones we are with, it, right? Because our, our world has shrunk a bit. But how do we love the ones we are, we are with? And at the same time, this is also along, along uh, the lines of our discipleship series of um, how to be a follower of Jesus Christ. What does that look like in reality? And we're going to look at two Bible pictures of that. What what following Jesus looks like. And we're going to open up the Gospel of John. Gospel of John, chapter 13. And I think we're going to try to play that, see if that works. The Gospel of John is really interesting, the way it's structured. It has 11, 11 chapters of the actions and words of Jesus uh, as Jesus was out amongst the people for three years, eleven chapters, and then it almost like it goes into slow mo, and then we have um, eight chapters, eight chapters that cover just one week of the life of the last uh, week of Jesus's life. Zones in, kind of zones in on that last week, and um, so from Jesus out amongst the people, including his enemies, to Jesus amongst his friends it's almost as if this is what is really important in this last week of his earthly life of of Jesus amongst his friends and so we're going to look at that we're going to look at uh first John chapter thirteen and it's Thursday night the Passover festival is just I'm getting real close and um and uh Thursday night, Jesus and the 12 up in the room. And it's just them. Now, I'm not sure. Can you still see me? Can you still hear me? Is that working? Sure. Give me a thumbs up. Okay. I can't see me, but that's all right. So Jesus and the 12 were up in the room. traditional thing would be that the host, the host would provide a the host would provide a servant to take off the sandals of the guests and wash the feet of the guests. It was a low-status activity. Uh, in fact, John, chapter 127, John the Baptist, uh, as, as John the Baptist starts his ministry, or G- and Jesus is there on the bank of the river, and um, John says this. He said, there's someone here amongst us whose sandals I'm not even able to untie. Meaning, I'm not going to be, uh, untie his sandals and clean his feet. So it was a, a low-status activity, washing people's feet. Now, uh, we are not in first-century Palestine. Um, and so for us, this is kind of strange for us. We don't do this. We don't wash people's feet. Uh, but for them, it was a done thing. That's what, what was done. And so, for the disciples, um, it, as they were up in this room about to celebrate this uh, beginning of the Passover festival, and there was no servant, and it was just them. And so, the question was who's going to wash the feet? And the disciples were always uh, often playing a game on the road as they traveled about for three years. And a really good uh, road game and it's called Big Dog, Little Dog. Who in the 12 was the biggest dog and who was the littlest dog? They loved playing it. They played it all the time. And so here with, with no servant and the feet needed to be cleaned, they started in on the meal, feet had not been cleaned, um, feet covered with animal poop And so, uh, who's going to do it? And no one had done it, and no one was there to do it. And so this uh, strange thing happened that was not the done thing, that their leader, their master, their rabbi was the one who got up and cleaned all of their feet, all of their feet. And they put the cat amongst the pigeons. And it's actually not just an act of humility, it was an acted parable. And so Jesus asks him, he asks him, Do you get what I've done? And he unpacks the meaning in verses 12, 12 to 16 from John chapter 13. Jesus bluntly says, This is an example of what I want you to do for others. The foot washing of the disciples of Jesus was both humble and helpful, humble and helpful. And as we serve each other, let's keep that in mind. Does it do useful things for my pride, but does it help my brothers and sisters and those in my my bubble, my sphere, or where I'm living? And we're gonna discuss that more in the growth groups this week. Serving those closest to us, our fellow travelers, our fellow disciples. And at the time of history that we are with, these people are locked down with us at least a month, and there's going to be a whole lot of cleaning. Cleaning. And cleaning was not chosen accidentally by Jesus. Cleaning. There's some things about cleaning. Uh, cleaning is God-like. Ephesians 5:25 and 26, it says, Christ loved the church, cleansing her with water through the word. Cleansing is godlike. Cleansing is repetitive. You clean the car and a little while later you have to clean it again. Uh, same with dishes. Same with the toilet. Same with um, pooey bottoms. You clean it and you have to clean it again. And cleaning is sometimes done for people that don't notice, that don't express gratitude, that are lazy and undeserving. You may have noticed. Uh, It's a humbling, cleaning is a humbling task. William Booth, founder of the Salvation Army, as a movement thrived and prospered, wondered how best to train those coming into the movement. It wasn't put there on a stage uh, and and give those people a microphone. That, That didn't help train people. He settled on a model of putting them in a building to live together and learn to love. And and to submit to each each other and submit to the leadership a whole lot of cleaning that's the way William Booth's title was a really good way to train people and we're locked down with each other what do we do we serve each other like the example of Jesus who took off the dirty dusty sandals uh, of his of his disciples of his followers of those sort of under him and washed their feet as an act of love and example to every disciple that would follow. Cleaning. There's a second picture of what it means to serve our fellow travelers, disciples, not just cleaning, uh, cleaning, but not just cleaning. Also, second one, catering, cooking up and preparing and serving food. Matthew 24, uh, Matthew the The Gospel of Matthew, chapter 24, verses 45 to 51, has a parable for the last days. A last days parable of how Jesus hoped his followers would behave until he returned. They should be found feeding the people, feeding the people. The alternative, Jesus says in verses 48 and 49, is to be cruel to their fellow servants. And eating and drinking with drunkards, verse 49, Jesus describes that as wicked behavior. And every now and again, someone will say to me, you know, I feel closest to God when I'm out in the surf all by myself. And I want to say, so what? Thrills for naughty. Feed the people. Feed the people. That's what Jesus wants. Don't feed your face. Feed the people. And I want to do a huge shout out to those that are helping feeding others amongst us. And and many of you are. Many of you are. There are all sorts of people that have been involved in the youth and the kids team, the home group leaders, the deputy, the host worship team, other leaders, the elders and trust, um, those helping with pastoral care, uh, Jenny, Kim and others, some of our techie folks, uh, Malcolm and Warren, Ken York, Ben Meth. Uh, ben Matthews and all sorts of others um, so proud of you guys and the way you help and serve others and and others, you know, amongst other people um, fantastic, keep it up yeah, but at the moment we're locked down with very few people just a few of us and some of us just by ourselves so so how do we do that? What do we do? Uh, here's a couple of uh, tips, hints, uh, thoughts. Uh, one thing we're asking people to do is if you can ring or contact or email or whatever, message, whatever, to people that follow you on the church list. So if your name is Pilkington, we're going to – um keep trying to contact Jenny, uh, Jenny Pepe and also Natalie Portini because they're two, two names that follow us on the list. So think of, look at who uh, follows you on the church list and if you cannot get into the church list because that's the other side of the veil, um, contact Malcolm, go to the church website and you can click there and you'll get a password and you'll be able to get to the church list or you can just Um, ring someone and say who follows me on the church list can you um, give me their details so that's one thing just keeping in contact with people and in particular try and contact those two people every week and uh, but not only that Deuteronomy 11 verse 19 it says this teach those in your own household when when you are outside when you're inside when you're going to bed and when you're waking up you know, uh, when you're walking along the road, teach your own family. And ask the Lord, let's ask the Lord, how can we in this unusual time we find ourselves in, how can we teach, keep teaching our family? How can we keep inputting faith and spiritual life into our families? Even if we're by ourselves, you know, if we contact our, our kids or our whatever, how can we keep teaching them things of the Lord? Keep reaching, even as we're locked down. uh, Let's love those ones that we are with. Catering. There's some interesting things about catering too. Feeding others. It's hard work. It's repetitive. Food does not always bring out the best in people. You just at Six Clary Road. You just missed a nice fight this morning about food. Uh, A lot of catering is preparation work. It's done out the back. It's not seen. One of the groups of opponents Jesus, uh, of Jesus, they love to be seen. The Pharisees, they love to be seen. And the key problem with the Pharisees, not so much that they love detail, was that they loved to be seen. They loved to pray loudly and publicly. They loved to wear clothes to be noticed. Uh, their giving was very public, and their fasting too. Sometimes it's said that the church needs to be doing more. Uh, The subtext of that is that the church needs to be seen to be doing more. In defense of the church, a lot of what the church does is actually really subtle. It's under the radar. It's unseen. And Shara and I, we have the great privilege of actually discovering that a lot. Small, subtle, visible to most people in the church and others, but but. We see that a lot of people blessing other people. And it's seen by the eyes that matter most. It's seen by the eyes that matter most. Well done, you guys. As you serve in secret, uh, serve in unseen ways, as you serve those uh, that you are with in this month, maybe more, maybe more. Bless you. Richard Foster said this. The flesh yelps at serving, but it screams at serving in secret. The flesh yelps at serving, but it screams at serving the most. And as you serve in secret this month, and you hear your flesh scream, tell it to shut up, shut up. (laughs) Augustine, Augustine. Augustine was a bishop in the 4th uh, and 5th centuries, up both centuries, uh, went off from his motherland in North Africa to become a, a great, um, to become great. He wanted to be a, a orator. And he uh, went off as a young man, lived a wild student life, studied under great philosophers and orators of his day, went across the Mediterranean from North Africa. But when... Um, He converted to the Christian faith at the age of 31, uh, year 386. He ended back in North Africa, backwater, where he had fled from. He wanted to get away from it. He wanted to get to the big smoke. But he returned to serve his people. One of the little things known about Augustine was that Augustine frequently drew from the church treasury to buy back slaves to buy slaves and give them their freedom. One time, his congregation in his hometown of Hippo, um, the congregation, they stormed a slave ship and freed 100 slaves. Bet you didn't know that. See, there's a lot of unseen, wonderful things being done by the church every day. In Acts chapter 9, we meet a lady called uh, Tabitha. Tabitha, not really a, a rock star of the early church. She was not Paul, Timothy, Titus, Apollos, Priscilla or Aquila. In fact, um, the only reason we know about it is that she died and came back to life. But her church loved her because she was always serving the poor of her church, the poor ladies. She was making things for them. And Uh, unless she had died and came back to life, we would not know her about her. And there's a huge temptation to miserable serving, to clean the beach, but not our bedroom, to feed the rough sleepers, but not our family, desire to speak to adults in the church, but not the preschoolers up in the preschool ministry. And the temptations in serving is is twofold, really. It's about being seen and being short-term. Let's go back to the Gospel of John. Last chapter, Gospel of John, chapter 21. Again, in the Gospel of John, chapter 21, following Peter's terrible failure uh, in the last uh, days of Jesus' earthly life. And, um, and, but then Jesus is alive, and they're out fishing after the death of Jesus and the resurrection. And at dawn, Jesus is on the shore. What's he doing? He's catering. He's cooking bread and fish, bread and fish for his friends. And he feeds them and he gives them breakfast. And then Jesus has a serious talk with Peter in front of the the others. There's seven of them. And don't forget how public and terrible and dramatic was Peter's failure. And Peter had denied Jesus three times in front of everyone. After boldly stating he would stand head and shoulders, above the rest in terms of his devotion. Jesus gives Peter the job of feeding the others. This is Peter's great commission, recommission. Just to make it clear, he tells him three times. Verse 15, feed my lambs, Jesus says. Feed my lambs. Verse 16, take care of my sheep. Verse 17, feed my sheep. Three times Peter had denied Jesus Three times she says the same thing Feed my sheep. Peter's ministry is described not in nouns but in verbs. Feed the people, not you will be senior pastor. This is a this, it's not mahi. Sorry, it's not, uh, it is mahi. It's not about mana. It's not. It's it's about action. It's not about the office. Feed my sheep. Three times the same thing. Feed the sheep of Jesus, His flock. Going to finish with uh, one last scripture, Galatians five twenty two. We have. I want to just say this. We have a helper. We have a helper. This is not a TED talk saying try harder. But this is about uh, the Spirit of God, and we have the help of the Spirit of God. Wonderful verse, Galatians 5, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. This comes from the Spirit of God. So we can tap into that to be who the Spirit of Jesus wants us to be. Fruit of spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Ko te hua i o te wairua, he aroha, he hari, he a rangi maari he, he manawanui, he pai, he whakaponu, he ngākau mahaki, he ngākau kua Fruit of spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness gentleness and self-control. we have being conformed into his likeness, the likeness of Jesus. And if you if you have chosen to follow Jesus, and if you haven't chosen, you can choose today. But if you're chosen to follow Jesus, I'm going to pray that the Holy Spirit will come on you and empower you, continue to empower you uh, to be like this, to have these fruit of the Spirit, and so let's uh, let's open our, our hands today. Put out our hands, and just as I pray that the Spirit would uh, again empower you today to be who the Spirit of Jesus wants you to be, and to do those things that we need to do in this um, this strange month that we're we're in today. So Holy Spirit, thank you. Thank you. You haven't left us alone, but you've left us with the Spirit, those that are called by your name, and you're conforming us into you, your likeness. So I pray upon these people as they, um, as they sit in their own homes today, that you would empower them, empower them for this month to be who you want them to be. And because we can't do this by ourselves. We need your spirit. We need your spirit. Empower them. Thank you, Jesus, for who they are already in you. And continue to empower them, Lord. Continue. Continue. Bless them, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you. Amen. And our going to lead us into breakout rooms. Cool. Bless you.